Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, and I am so delighted, honored, thrilled, curious to learn more about a legend in the plant-based movement, Nelson Campbell. Uh, Just the name really evokes sort of uh, those who are on the forefront of our movement to get Americans to transition to healthier food that's better for us, that's better for the planet, that's better for the animals. You've been there from the get-go. Nelson Campbell, you have so many projects. You've got a new company. You've got a a nonprofit. You've got an incredible film that's won awards. Where do you want to start? (laughs) Well, um, I guess we could kind of go back chronologically to maybe I could explain um, not just what we're doing, but kind of where it came from and how it evolved. And I do have some exciting things to share about what we're doing today. Um, so, you know, uh, I'll just go back to, to mention that uh, I have had a long time interest in plant-based nutrition because of my father, who's Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who many of you know. And um, I still remember the day when he came home from work and we were all sitting around the dinner table and he was so excited because he said he figured out how to turn cancer on and off merely by toggling between plant and animal protein. Um, And at that point, back in the 1980s, he was really motivated to share this information publicly. And so he went to Washington to try to do that and was unsuccessful. Uh, He testified in front of Congress, he went to various committees and agencies and never got any traction. And he said oftentimes he would go into a room and he could see all the powerful interests sitting at the table. So I kind of watched him struggle for a long time uh, up until he wrote his book, The China Study, and then finally the word started to get out. But just kind of watching him and then based on my own beliefs that I formed over the years, I've always been a big fan of the idea of grassroots change. I don't think we can rely on government or industry to engineer our society the way it needs to be transformed. And so I started thinking about, uh, and my background is as an entrepreneur, and I started thinking about how could we create elements that we could combine together to help contribute to a grassroots movement to share the health, environmental and ethical benefits of plant-based nutrition. So I left my prior job and I started working on that, focusing first on food and was having a lot of challenges. And it was around that time that I had an opportunity to make a film. Uh, So I put put everything to the side and worked for three years to produce Plant Pure Nation. Uh, which came out in theaters in over 100 communities uh, in 2015, and then went on Netflix. It's now on Amazon Prime. At the end of the film, uh, we had a call to action for people to form local support groups. We call these groups pods. The ideas were planting seeds of change in local communities. People answered that call to action, and today we have hundreds of groups 
and over 250,000 people involved in these pods. And then I subsequently set up a nonprofit called Plant Pure Communities to, to support that pod network. So that's doing quite well. Well, can um, you break that down a little bit? I read about the pods and I wanted to learn more. I know about pea pods, but I want to know about your pods. <laughs> yeah, so these are just groups that come together. It's really social and educational. So anyone can start a pod. And if they're interested in starting a pod, they just go to plantpurecommunities.org and you can register to start a pod. Um, and typically people come together maybe once a month, you know, maybe a few might meet twice a month, but usually it's about once a month. And it's usually uh, coming together over a potluck. So of course the pandemic has uh, kind of gotten in the way of this over the past 12 months. But people usually come together over around food. And you know, at our pod uh, here in Mebane, North Carolina, we have a recipe wall. People bring their recipes and post it to the wall so that everyone can, can see. Um, and then oftentimes there might be a speaker or some educational component or a video is shown and maybe there's some group discussion. So it's really, that's all it is. Um, but what we're getting ready to do now is to launch a campaign to engage our pods to uh, begin undertaking uh, outreach activities in their own communities. Uh, which kind of leads to part two of, of the story, which is Plant Pure. Uh, after the film came out, I also launched a company called Plant Pure. And we've been focusing on food, education, wellness programming, and a new social action platform that will enable pods and other local groups to access projects, strategies, and resources for undertaking uh, outreach within their own communities. And oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know what I'm doing, which is part of our Jane Unchained's mission is as you're talking, I'm listening and I'm sharing it out because okay. all these vegan groups may be interested in forming pods. Yeah. I love this idea. Vegan community is something I've been very obsessed with, um, especially because so many vegans feel isolated. I've often shared that here I am, uh, very blessed to live at the beach in California, and I'm surrounded by people who um, cook up dead animals, and the smell comes right at me. Uh, they smell something that smells good to them, I guess, but to me it smells like death. And so I would love to find out who are the vegans in my neighborhood, and how can I gather them um, to have a vegan cookout or a vegan block party? You know, and take my grill and put it out there on the street the way others do and grill something that is good for the planet, good for us, cholesterol-free, and um, obviously better for the animals. So I love this idea of pods. And in fact, um, you know, I had worked on trying to develop a uh, an app that would find vegans in your neighborhood I'm still working on that. It's a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> the words GPS and a lot of other things come into play. But I think that a lot of people are trying to create vegan community right now. Because the reason is, Nelson, as you know, being in this field and your father as well, being also a legend in the field, having written the seminal book, The China Study, which really um, 
you know, broke, it sort of broke the story wide open that people were trying to ignore the fact that those living a plant-based diet were, had, had greater longevity, lower disease. And when your dad uh, wrote that, that changed the game. It was a game changer. It's, it's really a book that's going to go down in history. And I urge everyone to read the China study. Um, but uh, there are so many people trying to create community. You're doing it with physically people getting together in their neighborhood and having potlucks and talking about this. Now, is it just preaching to the converted or is there a mechanism to get people who are veg curious in there? Yeah, so we've seen this uh, happen within our own local pod here in uh, Mebbin, North Carolina. So, you know, you get a core group of people who are already plant-based who come together and start meeting, but then the word gets out and people hear about this and friends of friends uh, maybe uh, stop in. And for that reason, because we always have some new people uh, coming to each meeting, um, we, we like to encourage uh, someone from the group to share a healing story. So um, we don't do that every time, but, but uh, we do encourage testimonials, which is very persuasive. And so we've seen quite a few people who were not plant-based come to our pod meetings and become plant-based. So it's, a, it's been very effective that way. Now, there's also, while well, you mentioned where you are, North Carolina, there's also this feeling that somehow veganism is this sort of elitist movement for hipsters in Brooklyn, Venice, California, and Portland. And uh, that's not the case. I mean, there is a lot of veganism in those areas. I'm near Venice, California, but uh, veganism has skyrocketed. Uh, in fact, there was a new study that said 15 years ago, there were less than uh, 300,000 people who considered themselves vegan. And today it's almost 10 million Americans who consider themselves vegan. So it's skyrocketing everywhere. In fact, the editor of my documentary on climate change and animal agriculture, uh, the amazing Jeff Adams lives in North Carolina. And uh, he's a vegan. And one of the reasons we got together is he said he felt a little isolated in North Carolina. I didn't feel like he had a lot of vegans in his community. And he said, can I work with you? And I said, yeah, I'll put you to work right away. <laughs> so um, what's happening in areas like North Carolina, where you're based uh, in terms of this vegan movement? Because it cannot just be um, in these, these communities I've mentioned. This is something that that everybody in America, I often say the most patriotic thing you can do is go plant-based. Look at the people with underlying conditions right now who are suffering the worst effects of the pandemic because um, they're unhealthy. Uh, they've got an underlying condition, whether it's uh, heart disease or, or something else that is often related to lifestyle and diet. Um, what's happening in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, those kinds of areas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana. Yeah, so we've seen, you know, and again, Mebbin is a small town here in North Carolina, and we've seen a lot of interest here locally. You know, our pod is a really vibrant pod. Um, and of course, in the Raleigh-Durham area, which is right on our doorstep, there's a, a large vegan community there as well. But we're seeing grassroots interest everywhere. You mentioned South Carolina. We've got one of our strongest pods is based in South Carolina. Um, and we've, you know, we've got pods in places all across the country, um, you know, where you might not think that there's a strong vegan interest. 
So there's nothing that's more persuasive than coming someplace where you can see your neighbors and friends and people you know who are living plant-based and learn from them, you know, as opposed to learning something through just social media or some other uh, more distant means. You know, there's nothing more persuasive than friends and neighbors to introduce you to the diet. Um, and honestly, I have to say that I think you're one of the greatest spokespeople for the movement because they also, I think the powers that be who are um, the meat, dairy, and pharmaceutical industries, they like to paint vegans as sort of fringe people, not salt of the earth, uh, what, what we would consider more in the everyday people. I can't stand that phrase, but whatever. I think everybody's unique. You know, mm -hmm. as Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everybody else is already taken. But there is this attempt to stereotype vegans as somehow fringe and eccentric and really on the on the on the edges of uh, culture as opposed to part of the mainstream and you are really a living example of you are mainstream you're an entrepreneur a businessman and you are plant-based so I feel like you can carry the message to other people who really need this information and who are sort of being misled that it's not for them. You're not one of those. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we've had tremendous success in connecting with people uh, everywhere. So, you know, as you saw in Plant Pure Nation, we demonstrated how this idea could go viral in a small rural Southern town uh, where no one at that time had really heard of my father, read the China study. Um, and we've been other places too. Um, we've done jump starts in uh, Washington Heights, up in some of the Latino neighborhoods up there. We've done uh, jump, a couple jump starts in Southwest Louisiana in uh, Cajun country uh, out near um, the swamps. Um, and those people down there are beautiful and wonderful. And, and it's really all in how you communicate this idea. Um, you know, what I've found is that you have to connect with people where they are, and that really uh, goes to their values. You have to, you, have to, you know, explain how this is consistent with their basic core values, because this is a very, um, this is an idea that's consistent with most, with the values that most of us hold dear, you know. Um, people want to take responsibility for their lives. People uh, like the idea of personal responsibility, because that's just another name for independence and freedom. Um, people uh, care about the next generation. Most people care about the environment. And, and so there's a way to talk about this to, to, to you know, resonate with people's values. I think also it's important to be humble. You know, you can't sermonize, you can't lecture, you have to be humble and you have to give people the space to make this decision on their own because it's a choice and you can't, you can't, if you sermonize, if you lecture them, you take away the space that they need for making that choice. It's a personal choice. And, and so, and then you have to speak with compassion, you know, empathy. Um, so tell us now, you've, you've sort of outlined your philosophy, which I totally agree with. Although I will say, <laughs> I was shamed into going vegan 
by Howard Lyman, the vegan cowboy, <laughs> mad cowboy yeah. author who went on Oprah. He was the fourth generation cattle rancher who became very ill. And as he was going into surgery, he made a pact with God and said, if you get me out of this alive, I'll reveal the horrors and the secrets of the industry. He survived, went on Oprah. The cattleman sued her. She ultimately won. He became famous uh, during that time as the mad cowboy. And I was a news anchor in uh, LA here at Paramount Studios. And he walked in, I, I interviewed him for a TV show. And then afterwards, he and his publicist walked up to me and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I was. And uh, they said, do you eat dairy? And I hung my head because he had just explained about the babies being ripped from the mothers, the forcible impregnation, the killing of the boys or putting them in veal crates. And I sort of said, yes. And then they put their finger right at my nose and they said, liquid meat like that. And that's the moment I went vegan. Now, had they been very calm and polite and said, well, you might want to consider blah, blah, blah. Might have, it might have just, they shame me. And I thank them from the bottom of my heart. So I'm always very conflicted when people say you have to, you know, it's a choice. Everything's a choice. Driving the wrong way down the 405 freeway is a choice, not a good one. Every single decision we make throughout the course of the day is a, um, a moral choice uh, and uh, a, a personal choice, but also many other choices. So um, before we get to uh, more of that, Karen is on hold. Karen, if you're still there, your question or thought. Hi, you. I was wondering about, um, uh, first of all, I love your movie and I love the idea of the pods. And I'm wondering, how do you decide where you're going to have these pods and do you ever do when are you going to do one in Los Angeles? Thank you. Yeah. So it's very bottom up. It's very organic. So we don't actually decide, you know, where a pod should be. Um, people uh, simply decide that they'd like to start one in their own community. They reach out to, you know, through plantpeercommunities.org and provide information and, and then we get them set up as a pod. So it's really initiated by, people uh, in, in the communities uh, rather than, you know, us deciding where to put a pod. So we've covered now some of your amazing nonprofit work, which I know you're also going out of your way to get food, as you mentioned, to um, communities that are experiencing food insecurity, which is the greatest travesty of all. Uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains and legumes are ultimately cheaper than meat. And yet our society has created this false scarcity where it's hard for certain communities to get fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains and steers them toward fast food. Then they become ill as a result. And then they're put on a whole bunch of pills and pharmaceuticals. And this is in our, our entire, our economy is based on letting people get sick and then making money off of treating them when we could prevent the illness in the first place. So I think getting healthy, nutritious, plant-based food to communities in need and showing that, hey, you don't have to go down to that fast food franchise and eat that food that is going to get you sick. There is an alternative is so important. We're going to take a quick break on Voice America Radio, staying live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Oh my gosh, I am so thrilled to be talking to Nelson Campbell for the hour. This is a very busy man, so I want to thank you for giving us your time. You are a global leader in the plant-based movement. We've talked about your nonprofit work. Let's talk about your amazing company. Tell us where people can buy the product uh, and all about how you develop this incredible frozen food and and non-frozen food product line. Yeah. So um, first of all, what I should say is that all of this is tied together, everything we're doing, the nonprofit and the business into one coherent strategy for contributing to a grassroots movement. So there were certain elements of this grassroots strategy that I had envisioned years ago that could not be done through a nonprofit. You know, that was kind of my first instinct was just set up a nonprofit and do it that way. But but some of this uh, had to be done through a business because we had to raise capital to develop these things. Um, Also, uh, through the business, at some point, uh, we are going to be generating uh, some profits, which we can feed back in to support the grassroots strategy and the movement that we're launching. So there's a couple things that we're doing through the business, the business being Plant Pure. Um, One is uh, future profits. Uh, We're not quite there yet. We're getting closer to break even. But when we are profitable, we're going to be sharing 50% of our profits with nonprofit organizations who are engaged in this movement. So it becomes kind of an economic engine to support this. It's kind of a Newman's own story. The other commitment we've made is we've created a new food line. It's a meal starter line. These are uh, packs of dried ingredients, and you can use these products to quickly prepare meals. All you have to do is add a wet ingredient and fresher frozen produce to to make a meal. Um, We're going to be providing these into underserved communities, waiving 100% of our profit margin. Whoa, hold on. That is huge. (laughs) 
First yeah. of all, I want to say where people can go. You can go to plantpurenation.com and you can order directly from there, correct? That is correct. Plant Pure, I want to drill it in because I was looking at this site last night and it is so impressive. Just the variety of offerings, plantpurenation.com. And so, yes, you're saying essentially the products that you are selling to people, you're also going to be giving away in underserved communities that don't have access to fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains for the most part? Are you talking about like food deserts in inner cities? Yes, um, any, any place where there's a need. And um, of course, right now, as I mentioned, you know, we're working to get toward break even and we also just launched this product line. So we're trying to get our feet under us uh, financially. So when you uh, buy these products, you're helping us to do that. Um, what we intend to do, though, as we go forward is to test out different strategies for how we can get these products to people in need, waiving 100% of our profit margins. So the idea is to just have this come right from the factory, you know, just right to people's doorsteps with no profit markups um, through, through wow. plant here. And, and our goal is to be able to enable people in these communities to produce a serving of food for a buck to a buck 50, including the add-ins. So even people who are, you know, living and surviving through their SNAP benefits could afford to eat plant-based. Because this is what we have to do if we're gonna build a plant-based world for, you know, I've been involved in this space for a long time. And for, for, for decades, and, and, and even recently here, a lot of people are catering to what I refer to as the whole foods demographic, you know, that more affluent part of the market. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, making products and selling them at premium prices and, you know, whatever. I don't have any, I'm not criticizing anyone for doing that. All of that has helped advance the movement. But what I'm saying is that we have to also, in addition to that, we have to figure out strategies that make this accessible to everyone, you know, not just the Whole Foods demographic. I couldn't agree with you more. We, this is the same thing I was saying, but you're just expressing it differently. We can't be perceived of as some elitist movement for really cool hipsters in Brooklyn and Venice and Portland, you know, the Portlandia uh, image. We've got John on hold. John, your question or thought? Uh, good afternoon from Long Island, both of you, Jane. Good to hear you and see you on Facebook. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Colin Campbell on a cruise exactly a year ago, the holistic holiday at sea before pandemic hit. So, um, I'm really excited to be talking to his son. Um, my wife and I, vegan activists here in New York, are very driven to get more plant-based options on school menus in the lunchroom. Do we have any input or literature that you can guide us towards to make this happen as fast as possible? Yes, wow. thank you. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your energy and passion to want to make change at the local level. It's actually people like you that are motivating to me. Um, this is why we need a bottom-up approach because there are literally millions of people who want to bring healing to their communities. 
And it's not about a brand. It's not about a company. It's not about, it's, it's about empowering everyone to do this, people like you. So um, I, I briefly alluded to the fact earlier that everything we're doing, it kind of fits together into a, into a puzzle. Uh, this is all, again, to support a grassroots movement. So we're taking everything that we've created, our, our food products, our wellness programming, something else I'm going to share with you in a minute called our Plant Pure RX program. We're taking all of that and bundling it together in a, in a way that will enable us to support people like you undertaking initiatives in your own communities. And we've created a web platform that's sort of the integrating platform for all of this. Um, and we, we haven't aggressively launched it yet. We just kind of stuck it out there and did a soft launch uh, to get some feedback. Also, you know, we've had the problem of the pandemic and people not being able to meet, but probably by the summer, we're, we're gonna really start ramping up our efforts to promote this platform. Um, we currently have a placeholder name. It's at, it's at opentribe.com. Uh, we are looking in, in for, for different, uh, different names, something that may be uh, more uh, is suggestive of healing. Um, so we've got some candidate names that we're looking at. But if you go there, you can see what we're, what we're starting to do. On that website, there are some projects. And these projects have strategies and resources. And so groups can form, pods can form, get on the platform. They can have their own group pages. And, and then, you know, get access to group functionality. And then they can go and they can uh, start doing one of those projects, one or more of those projects. Eventually, I hope to have hundreds and thousands of projects and maybe hundreds of different campaigns on the platform. So what you see there now is just nothing more than a simple start. But there is a project there focused on schools. So if you go there, you'll see a project that's focused on schools and, and other institutions. So go take a look at that. Uh, that might be a good resource for you. All right, we got another call, uh, caller. Sarah on hold, your question or thoughts, Sarah. Oh, hey, wow, I'm so happy to be on. And um, I really wanna meet you one day, hopefully, um, Nelson, because I know that you're just an amazing person. I wanted to ask you a specific question for people that are still going to stay at home and they don't feel safe going out now still. How do we get these plant-based meals to their door affordably and something easy for them where they don't have to be cooking, possibly? And also, what do you think about doing this in um, nursing homes so they can get better food there? Oh my gosh, great question. I just want to say that even though California says you're required to provide vegan meals of substance in hospitals and nursing homes, I cannot tell you how many people have come to me and said they gave me things that weren't vegan. They said they didn't have anything. They would give me a piece of white bread. Um, They're not, in general, it, it appears that there's a lot of institutions that are not following the law and actually are hostile to it. And um, this is a law that our organization working for social compassionate legislation helped pass. I mean, this is a, this is a big victory for California that uh, people in nursing homes and institutions must have available, uh, not just 
a piece of white bread, but a, a real vegan meal if they request it. So what can we do to the caller's point? Well, um, uh, what, I'll, what I'll mention first is in reference to the uh, fir first question is how do we get options to people uh, in their home? Uh, the meal starter line that I mentioned uh, just a short while ago, uh, you can order that online and have it end up at your doorstep a few days later. And all you do is just pay the cost of the shipping. Um, it's, and because it's in dry form, the shipping's not that much. Uh, and then it's easy to make a meal. I mean, you do have to put, you know, the contents into a pot and maybe add some water and heat it up and put some produce, but it's really easy to do. Um, the second point about nursing homes. Um, this is actually, you know, nursing homes and schools and places where we have populations of people and their diets controlled by someone else. This is one of the greatest tragedies in our society today. I mean, um, the food that they feed uh, some of these older folks in nursing homes is terrible. It's just terrible. And of course, that's true with our kids too in, in public schools. Um, when we, as you saw, if you saw Plant Pure Nation, if you didn't, uh, you can check it out on Amazon uh, Prime. Uh, we showed how in 10 days, people's health can change dramatically in just 10 days. And I would say that uh, we didn't ha haven't done a formal study on this, but kind of anecdotally, I'd say that about 80% of the people who, who are medicated on the front end of that 10 day program have the option to get off those medications or significantly reduce them by the end. So consider that in the context of a nursing home where, where people in the nursing home are taking, you know, four, five, six, seven different medications, you know, mostly for chronic conditions. Can you imagine what would happen if that nursing home started feeding its residents a whole food plant-based diet? And I, I, I've been searching for a place where we can do this, <laughs> but it's, it's, easier, it's easier said than done. But someone, someplace that, that has to give this a try. And we actually even have uh, other forms of our food that could be used to support that. But... Um, but yeah, that's a big issue. Uh, I think sometimes when an idea's time has come, a lot of people think of it at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see that with electric vehicles and other examples. Now, I think this idea of providing plant-based food to those who are being actively deprived of it because they're dependent on other people to provide their food or they're living in food deserts where it's really hard to go out and get great veggies and fruits. And they don't have farmer's markets and they don't have supermarkets that are providing these um, kinds of foods. You, uh, and so uh, this is something that, for example, climate healers, Dr. Silas Rao has been working on. Uh, he comes from a different perspective. He's actually working on making food through um, religious organizations that have kitchens that can provide food and they have all the credentials that are required by government to make food and then just literally make the food available to people in need. Um, there's support and feed, which uh, 
Jane Unchained, our nonprofit, uh, did an entire TV series that's on Amazon's Prime Video, New Day, New Chef Support and Feed Edition, Maggie Baird. She gets people to donate to Support and Feed. Support and Feed gives money to vegan restaurants. Vegan restaurants then get to stay open during this crisis. Then uh, Support and Feed picks up the food that they make and distributes it to uh, people who are literally hungry in America today. And now we hear from you another strategy, which I think is equally brilliant, which allows people uh, to have this food in their home and then just add things to make a full meal. Um, so, wow, what if everybody got together? You know, um, I this is so fascinating to me because five years ago, while people were talking about world hunger, nobody was talking about systematically going into communities where people are struggling and feeding them. And so this is obviously an idea whose time has come. And I think it's really important. And the, the really sad fact is that the primary organizations today that you associate with ending world hunger are actually in many cases contributing to world hunger because if they're serving meat and dairy to people, meat and dairy is why we have world hunger. Okay, uh, 70, 80% of all, all soy produced is fed to farmed animals. Huge percentage of corn is fed to farmed animals. So in turn, the, those animals produce uh, very little meat. I think it takes eight to 25 pounds of grain to, to get one pound of beef. So the point is that we don't need to live in a world of scarcity. Everybody on this planet could have plenty of food if we took animal agriculture out of the equation because we're only 7.8 billion humans and we're raising and killing 80 billion animals who are kept, for the most part, in confined conditions, eating constantly to fatten them up so they can kill them quicker. So the, the frustrating part is that you have groups that are saying, help us end hunger, and we're gonna go out and feed turkey. And uh, I have a, a senior citizen who I know, she's, she's a vegan and they keep delivering pastrami sandwiches to her. And she says, I don't want this. Um, how do we break through? We saw that the meat alternatives have broken through we, we've seen the Beyond Meats and the Impossible Burgers, and now we see, you know, Eat Just with the vegan eggs and the vegan mayos. There's a breakthrough there where people are starting to realize that there are meat alternatives. But how do we break through with these hunger organizations who roll their eyes when you say, hey, you want to end world hunger? Start embracing the plant-based movement. I, I just have to get your thoughts on this because if I sound frustrated, I am. Yeah, I think that, Two things. One is I think that the strategies have to be local. So on this platform that I had mentioned, for example, we have a project up there that people can engage in to help bring this message into some of these underserved uh, communities. So it has to be local to leverage the talents and energies of people everywhere. And then secondly, the food part of this, it has to be scalable. It can't just be uh, as, as great as that is, you know, volunteerism, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, but, but it has to be financially uh, and logistically scalable to, in order to reach a, a lot of people. So that's, that's, what, that, that's what we've been working on and the, the approach that we're taking is being now, able to scale it. Let me ask you a question. Is there a way that when, 
let's say I were to buy one of your products that at the same time I could click something and said, okay, give this same product to somebody in need who doesn't have access to. Yes, we exactly. So we've been talking about that. We don't have that functionality up there yet, but we are planning to do something like that. That's a, that's a really good idea. Yeah, because I would think that that would, A, I want to try the food, but it would also uh, encourage me to say, wow, I could also share this with somebody else yeah. who actually is hungry and needs the food, but then also could be exposed to it and say, oh, I like this. Um, mm -hmm. it, what I have found, uh, because basically, well, people aren't coming to my house now, but prior to COVID, anybody who came to my house, I always... I always found it fascinating that some people or people I ran into who I would think might not be open to this idea are very open and people who I think should be open are not open. Okay. So uh, I had a plumber come in and we ended up talking about veganism because he saw some of my uh, vegan signs and I ended up giving him a book and he's like, my wife's into this and blah, blah, blah. And it was such a positive meeting. And then you'll meet somebody, as I have, uh, somebody who runs a hunger organization, rolls her eyes at me and, you know, yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we really have to give everybody an opportunity, Right. We do. And, you know, there's another part of this, Jane, that's really important uh, in terms of reaching uh, people, and that is engaging healthcare providers, empowering our physicians to bring this to people. There are a lot of physicians out there now who've opened up to the idea of plant-based nutrition. So something else that we've been working on that I wanted to mention today, and I'm really excited about, is we've developed uh, something called our Plant Pure Rx program. And what this is, this is, uh, I'm seeing a message here. No, no, it. I sent it to the wrong person. Continue on. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what we've done is we have created a program that enables a physician to prescribe a 10-day plant-based immersion to their patients. And it's food supported so people can live plant-based through the 10 days they have consultations with the physician, two consultations, one at the beginning and one at the end. There's biometric testing at the beginning and the end, which is uh, cholesterol, glucose, and A1C. And then there's 10 days of education. So each day, uh, people get an email with links to content, educational content, videos, recipes, cooking classes. And so it's a pretty um, intensive, food-supported educational immersion that's guided by a physician. And we are just introducing this now with a group called Plant-Based Telehealth. And so they're able to service people remotely through video conference, you know, that's a telemedicine group. Um, and it includes, you know, Dr. Lori Marbus, uh, Michael Clapper, and others. And so if there's anyone in America, because they're licensed in all 50 states who has a chronic condition or they have oh. a family member who have a chronic condition, they can now get this and it's super affordable. How do they get it? I know somebody who has a chronic condition <laughs> yeah, trying to hook them up with plant-based doctors. I want to know exactly how to do this. Yeah, so it's, yes, it's at plantbasedtelehealth.com. And actually, I was just 
communicating with our partners there before this podcast to make sure that the registration page is live. So it should be live there. Um, I ha- I'm not, I, they were going to put it, put it under a tab. Yeah. So I haven't been back to the website because I've been on the podcast yeah, here. But- plant, let me say plantbasedtelehealth.com. That's right. It's a brilliant idea. We all know that the, uh, uh, <laughs> Yes, and my dog agrees. Um, We all know that the uh, remote um, medical stocks are are very popular right now uh, because of COVID. But many say, like Zoom, it's a long-term trend. It's not going anywhere. And of course not. It makes perfect sense. I mean, for me to... If I have a sprained uh, finger and I have to drive all the way over to a doctor who basically doesn't even, you know, just goes, okay, and I'll prescribe you this. Now I could just explain it to the doctor and they can prescribe something remotely that then is delivered to my door. I pick up at the local pharmacy. Um, This is brilliant because let me ask you about the insurance aspect, because a lot of times when you try to help somebody, they the first question is, well, what's the insurance? Which insurance do you are? Are you insurance based? Like it has to be a certain insurance? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'll run down through that and the, and the pricing. I just noticed, though, looking at the website, I'm not sure that that link is up there yet. If for some reason you go to plantbasedtelehealth.com and you can't find your way to the registration page, just go to plantpurenation.com and click on the contact us button. Uh, leave your name and email address. Say you want to be in the uh, Plant Pure RX program, and we'll put you on a list and get you, you know, get you connected. Well, um, yeah. As so, far as the insurance, what's the story yeah. there? So, so there are only two charges for this program. One is for the physician consultations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's three hundred dollars for the for the medical support, the physician consultations. The biometric testing, at least for the first uh, 30 or so people, were waiving the charge. So there is no charge for two sets of biometric tests. You know, those tests are pretty expensive. Mm. So it's just for the physician consultation. And then on the, on the plant pure side, we're providing the food for the, for the 10 days and the jumpstart, a cookbook, a guidebook, and a DVD but we're only charging for the food. <laughs> and the food is really affordable. It's less than $3 a serving, including add-ins. So in terms of the insurance, um, you don't have to have an insurance to, to do this. If you do have insurance, it may cover some or all of the $300 charge, uh, physician charge. Got it. Let so, me ask you about your product line. How did mm-hmm. you develop your product line? Because there are so many so many products. And again, you can go to plantpurenation.com and take a look. I was looking, I was like, wow, there's tons of products. Are they all shelf stable? Are some of them frozen? I was trying to, uh, you know, I don't want to mischaracterize it. Yeah. So we have an extensive frozen line. We did launch them online initially. We are phasing those out, uh, but we will sell those and continue to launch them through supermarkets. So we're in supermarkets. Um, but we have the second line, which is our meal starter line. And that's what we're going to be continuing to sell online because again, the shipping costs aren't that much. It's a perfect product line for online uh, delivery. And um, we're going to be adding. Yeah. Those are the shelf stable. They're shelf stable. 
Yeah. I like that because sometimes when I order frozen things, it comes in a lot of packaging and I feel horribly guilty yeah. that, you know, there's all this frozen uh, plastic and stuff to keep it cold. Let me jump in here because we got a caller. Tracy, your question or thought. Tracy. Hey, hi, Nelson. Hi, Jane. Oh, this hey, Tracy, Tracy Childs. Hey, Tracy. Hey, hey uh, just so inspired to see you. I'm so glad to see you on the show, Nelson. And I um, want to thank you for your amazing work. And, and he's just touching the surface here. I've been following them for years. And um, just wanted to also point out that, uh, so I started a pod, Plant Diego, here in San Diego, Back in 2015, when the movie came out, um, hosted screenings, got super excited, and, um, and just had this uh, organization going for all these years. Of course, we've taken a little bit of a break for the pandemic, but, and I've also started my own company, my own food company. But um, I just wanted to also touch base about the, the toolkits that are on the plant community's um, site those are so amazing, and there's so many great um, resources there for people. I, I just really want to encourage everybody to start a pod if they want to be active in their community. It's amazing. And you're going to continue your pod when, if it, when, when this is over, you're going to start it up again? Yeah, we're still doing it. Yes, we are. We're trying to do as much online as possible. Um, in fact, we... We, oh, Nelson, I wanted to tell you, we actually uh, have a kind of a different project. We... we, we uh, met with our representative, our U.S. representative over Zoom. Uh, one of our pod uh, leaders uh, came up with the idea, and we just got a whole bunch of his constituents. We got about 20 of us, and we had a meeting on Zoom with our uh, Scott Peters, our rep, and it turns out he's on the environmental committee. Um, he, was, he knew about plant-based diets. He knew about how exciting it is and, um, and how it can make a difference, but he didn't... Um, yeah, we, we, we were able to educate him quite a bit, so it was cool. Wow, Tracy, that's amazing. Um, Nelson, it seems like Tracy is really showing the power of these pods. Like, once you get that group together, they can call their representatives, their members of Congress, their state representatives, and they can start advocating. But um, they, they can also really expose people in their communities. Uh, I think that, wow, what a testament. Yeah, uh, Tracy's done, done a fantastic job. Her pod is kind of a model pod within our Plant Pure Pod network. So, and I've known Tracy for a while and she's just, just such a passionate uh, person and doing a great job. Um, one of the things that you probably know, Tracy, because you've been on the, on the website, uh, we have another uh, project up there to empower uh, pods and other local groups to approach their, their local government um, about a resolution that would then lay the groundwork for a campaign within the community. Um, and, and so that's something that you might want to check out since you, you sort of already are doing that with your... Uh, uh, Let me say this. I don't know if Tracy's still here. We only have a couple of minutes. I, I would love you to just summarize you know, everything you're doing and how people can get involved. Obviously, the first thing is go to um, your product line, Plant Pure Nation. PlantPureNation.com. Couldn't be simpler. And see all the different products. Uh, and again, um, these products are shelf stable, right? They're delivered to your door and then you can mix, let's say, brown rice or quinoa or something with them. 
uh, to make them a full meal, but you can, each package has a few meals in it, correct? Uh, each package has four to six servings, depending on how much you eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, just give us, give us the overview. We have literally a couple of minutes till we close up. All right. So I would, yes, go to plantpurenation.com. You can check out those meal starters and support us that way. Um, we've got some big ideas, a lot of philanthropic uh, ideas. And so uh, we're more than a business. So I hope you can, you can do that and support us. Well, while you're there, check out our Plant Pure RX program as well. Uh, this is a revolutionary program. It's the first program of its kind any place in the world. Literally, any person in America who wants to go through a food-supported plant-based immersion with a physician has this option now. Um, I also would encourage uh, people to go to plantpurecommunities.org. Uh, you can set up a pod if you want to, if also if you want to make a donation to a nonprofit. This is a great nonprofit to support, so I would check that website out as well. Um, and then we also have another website. I mentioned the social action platform, which we're going to be renaming, but for right now, it's at opentribe.com. Uh, so those are all the things that you can check out. Well, I, I love what you're doing. I'm just blown away. Again, I was like, where do I start? <laughs> this man is doing so much. Um, I do hope uh, that you work with Dr. Silas Rao because you really share that vision. Okay, honey. He was quiet for most of the hour. Um, uh, you share that vision with him of getting food directly, plant-based, nutritious food directly to people who need it right now. And uh, I don't think your strategies are mutually exclusive. I don't know if you know Dr. Rao. You probably I do. do. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I did a whole documentary about him called Countdown to Year Zero, which is also on Amazon Prime because he's so brilliant. He wants to create a vegan world by 2026. And he's uh, a Stanford PhD who was instrumental in the acceleration of the internet speeds. And he's using a similar methodology. But uh, now he's focused on getting, in this time of challenge, getting food to people who are hungry, getting the food they need. Uh, that is going to give them strength and prevent them from getting the kinds of illnesses that could make them very vulnerable. So I, I just feel like the work that you two do dovetails so beautifully. Um, and uh, I'm just very inspired. I do feel we're hitting a tipping point. Last 30 seconds, where are we in terms of the plant-based tipping point, Nelson? Uh, we are uh, definitely getting closer, but I also would say we have a lot of work to do. We just went through a pandemic where our, our governmental and medical authorities never said a word about nutrition. And most people have no idea of the connection of nutrition to our immunity, even during this pandemic. We, we have a lot of work to do. So, you know, we can feel proud about what we've done, but let's be passionate about what's to come and join together and, and make it happen together. This isn't any one of us, it's all of us together. We have to do this in a bottom-up grassroots way. I wanna thank you, Nelson Campbell, plantpurenation.com uh, and, and many other <laughs> efforts. You are an inspiration. 
keep at it and let me know how I can help because I want to be right there with you. And you uh, are helping, Jane. You're doing fantastic work. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Oh, the honor's all mine. Have a great one and uh, carry on. See you. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.